Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's March. Actually, was it March last time? I think it was March last time. But it's still March, I guess. In like a lion, out like a lamb. That's what they say. Do they really? Yeah, you've never heard that? I You're, guess. What? I don't know. It comes in like a because April showers bring May flowers. Yeah, it marches I mean, it, in that's well like a lion. Yes. And it goes out like a lamb. It doesn't April out like a lamb. That's the problem with that saying. The idea is that at the beginning of March, the weather is bad, which can confirm in, in our neck of the woods anyways. Uh, the weather's bad. It's just, well, March is never fun. Like my backyard right now is kind of just like bubbling. You know the dead marshes in Lord of the Rings? We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings today, by the way. But uh, that's, what our, that's what my backyard's like right now. It's a, it's a cesspool. I'm Legal 86. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Tactic and Nerd Bomber, back in the fold. Hello, hello. How are you feeling? Doing... You sound better. Okay. Yeah, I definitely sound better. I have ample cough drops because I'm still coughing. And I definitely have an ear infection, which is super cool. But, you know, much better than I was last week and even like three days ago this time so can't complain so nerd bomber timed out her cough drop intake to coincide with the beginning of recording to try and maximize cough drop <laughs> yeah, capabilities pretty much so I, I mean we're gonna probably edit out any of her coughing but uh i guess we'll keep a, 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 a tally of how many times she coughs during the main episode and we'll see we'll see how that how that goes we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about The Lord of the Rings, as I already mentioned. We're going to be talking about, what's this say, po- Poke- Pokemon? Pokemon. We're talking about Pokemon. And Yo. we're going to be talking about a Jamal new Williams Disney... is going to find you. He he doesn't know where I live. I'd be, I'd be impressed if he could figure that out. Even with all the resources of an NFL player. I don't Dear think he'd Jamal, he lives at 123 Sycamore in Massachusetts. No, I just made that See, up. See, that's, no, I was going to say, none of that's correct. But you know, someone, who a listener right now is frankly Googling that, as I'm sure all listeners desperately want to know where I live. It's not going to happen today. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, what I will tell you is we're also going to be talking about a Disney IP that's being revived after a 2003 movie that I believe I did see and played the video game tie-in for. Uh, that's a weird teaser, but that is just a fact about, you know, the IP we're going to talk about. Before we get into all those topics, though... I think, was it last week? Tactic, I believe I gave the PSA about uh, antiperspirant and deodorant being not the same thing. I've already leveraged that piece of knowledge, by the way. Okay. I, well, I, <laughs> I it's been, it's been truly impactful it, in my life. So thank you. That, that's, that's really good to hear. I just bought a new pack of undershirts. And by that, I mean my wife bought them for me. Okay. I have a very important question about this. Sh- yeah. Are you full t-shirt undershirt or are you wife beater? Full t-shirt. Okay. Not a wife beater. And I mean that in every sense of the word. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm a full t-shirt guy. I will I will say like at the end of the year, and look, this is about to get personal, maybe gross. I don't know. Turn your volume down if you can't handle talk about sweat. But as I mentioned last week, I'm the kind of guy who needs antiperspirant on a day-to-day. So at the end of the year, when the new year rolls, and granted, we're three months into the new year now, but when the new year rolls around, I take stock of my shirt situation and guys undershirts can like retain and in certain cases like they degrade they turn yeah. yellow i wear under in the pants. yeah i wear undershirts hard so got fresh new undershirts but i i don't I, i'm just saying i yeah i gave that psa last week this week i'm gonna give a different wait PSA. what do you do with i don't know if i'm gonna shirts. make this a weekly oh they're in the they're really in the garbage they're actually in the garbage right next to me right now you don't so, pajama uh, it no i have plenty of other shirts for that See, I will uh, have yeah. to say the the reason why I asked the question about the full tea or the wife beater is because so when I met Tactic, he used to be the wife beater type, and yeah, he would get you the converted him. 
Well, he'd get the pit stains on his dress shirts. And I'm like, bro, you just got to switch over yeah. to like the full. Yeah, it's just it become it absorbs it. And then your dress shirts stay nice. Well, I also have sweaters that there are seam, there are armpit seams. There's a couple sweaters. I don't know if it's because I the They're way vented, I put sweaters right? on or take them up. No, oh. they rip. I, th- they rip at the seams. And I think I'm still that wearing means that because they're too tight. Well, well, no. Okay. I don't think that's true. But I still wear them because nine times out of ten, I'm not like left to my arms over my head. Like I'm on a roller coaster. So no one's going to see it. But when people do see it. I make a lot of jokes about how I sweat so hard. I sweat through my sweaters. And it gets a laugh like 25% of the time. So I'm going to keep the sweaters. But all of this, none of this is what I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to give another kind of PSA. This isn't like a fun fact. It's a recommendation. You might even call it a tech tip, but it's a little bit different than that. I think it's a lot more general. I think most people probably do this, but I do this like once in a year. You guys know me pretty well. You know that like if Technic and Nirvana are like, hey, come over, we're going to hang out. It's very casual. What am I going to show up wearing? Jeans. Oh, I'm definitely wearing something. Jeans if you're lucky, but most of the time it's like... He's like, he's dressed up. He's dressed up. I'm a dress. I'm a dress. He's a fancy boy. It's well, I I prefer what I said much more than fancy boy, but I like looking nice. Today is the first day in a long time. Again, I think we're probably talking about a year or so. I'm current. So we're recording this. It's it's 8 p.m. in our neck of the woods on a Sunday night. I have been wearing nothing but a bathrobe and underwear all day. Oh, so I'm I'm sitting here. In a I don't know. Room. I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, no, it's great. Everyone should do it. Every, do it once a month. That's a doctor's orders. It's great. You're giving me hardcore Nick vibes from New Girl. Hardcore Nick Miller. Nick Miller just never watched. Oh, never watched hold the up. show. What? Never watched the show. Never had the. Is is Nick Miller the Jake Johnson character? Yes. Okay, I'm okay with that characterization. You, I know no. enough about him to think that makes sense. Illegal but. is a Schmidt, and I feel like you need to just go watch the show. You're a Schmidt, and you're having a Nick Miller day. I am having a bathrobe day. Call it a Nick Miller day. Call it a bathrobe day. Call it whatever you want. It's on Netflix. It's, go watch it. Make me happy. Have you guys done this? You guys are acting like I'm an alien now. I wasn't expecting you. We're not bathrobe people I don't own at a robe. all. I don't own a robe. You guys don't... Wait, do neither of you own bathrobes? No. no. Okay, that's the new PSA. Everyone should have a bathrobe. Whether you spend all day in it or not is up to you. But bathrobes are incredible. You know See, why they have bathrobes at like fancy bath- resorts? Because they're luxurious. Are for people that have master baths. Oh, we don't have a master bath. So right away, you're wrong. It's weird. I don't know, man. So, I just, I prefer sweatpants or shorts. Honestly, I'm a shorts all winter type of gal. Like, I'd say it's probably like 75, 25, 25% of the time I'm wearing sweatpants, 75% shorts. But you guys are, see, this is confusing to me because you guys are. We're blanket people, well, though. I have blankets all the time. Tactic, you're a slipper guy, right? Uh, yeah. As Nerbomber, are you a slipper gal? I own slippers. I don't frequently wear them. I mean, I have indoor slippers thing. and outdoor slippers, so I, <laughs> I'm all in. You're right. It's the same concept. Sometimes in I fact, don't even I was wear wearing socks. slippers for a lot of the day today. I'm not wearing socks right now. Oh, you don't wear socks in your slippers, bro? How do they not? Smell? No, no, I'm not wearing the slippers right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't, don't worry. I don't We're wear safe. socks in my slippers. It, for me, it depends. It's 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 really on a case by case. I wear slippers when I don't feel like finding socks. I I've done that because like sometimes floors are cold. That's just the like basement floors in particular. Our basement floors like if I go down there, not slippers and no socks. I'm taking my life into my own hands. Anyways, get a bathrobe. Maybe don't wear it all day. Maybe that's a sign of like a mental health issue that I need to have addressed. But I did like this is like the first time I've done it in, like a year. I think it's just nice and bathrobes are nice. So go get yourself a bathrobe. That's shout out at OW86 on Twitter. Do, do you have a bathrobe? 
And if so, how great is it? Let's talk about, <laughs> let's, let's, let's kick things off with, uh, with Pokemon. Let's see if I can get Jamal Williams to come to my house and knock on my door while we're recording this. That would be something, wouldn't it? So that's, it's a good sound effect, <laughs> but no, no, he is not here. That boy, that might as well have been on the soundboard. I know it wasn't. I know one of you just did that, but it was very authentic. So we are, as we've discussed on the podcast previous to this, we are entering the post Ash Ketchum era of Pokemon TV. My heart and hurts. It's well, yeah. Well, we could talk about the emotional fallout, but we've gotten our first proper trailer for the Scarlet and Violet anime, which introduces some new characters, in particular two new protagonists, Liko and Roy, and a number of other characters. Now, the trailer itself very short to the point that when I watched the trailer, I was like, "Is this a trailer?" And before I could kind of answer that question, it just it ended. So I don't really have a whole and you know being outside of the Pokemon ecosystem as has been firmly established on this podcast i don't have a whole lot of prognostication or interesting things to add or say about this so as i often do in these situations tactic i'm rolling out the red carpet for you where are you at with this well hold on i do have something that both of you can answer she's she tried yeah i'm sorry I, i came in real hot go on go on pikachu everybody knows you don't know much about pokemon illegal but you know pikachu face the franchise that's yep true. how do we feel about keeping pikachu around by slapping a sailor's hat i him? fucking hate it i'm so mad about wow that. wow so you, did you ask this question because you knew how mad he was about it i knew how mad i was about it and i wanted to get your guys it seems so cheap it's like hey we want to make sure people watch this and we know they love pikachu so for the love of god please put him in this trailer i bet you i bet you captain freaking pikachu is like a six second thing and he's not even in the yeah. main story arc they're just like look 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 fans P- pikachu like come on I was going to say, you guys need to show some respect and give him his, call him by his full proper title, which is now apparently Captain Pikachu. Again, don't know anything about that, but it is kind of interesting and funny to me that they're like, keep him in there and call him a like, captain now. It devalues <laughs> so many other great Pokemon that they could have made the new, like, hook. There's so many that just are cherished and just like, we get it. P- Pikachu is not okay, well, Ash. Move on nintendo that really upset me who should replace captain pikachu who should be the new pikachu eevee hundo p very oh my that's a fantastic answer they've already like they've already set it up i i couldn't agree more that is a oh my goodness i'm gushing that is a great answer because they set up the younger generation to love eevee concurrently to pikachu with let's go easy left let's go pikachu let's be honest those two games are the intro games for the youngins they're not playing the regular pokemons they're playing they're starting with those getting their feet nice and wet and then they're going into the other pokemon so they've already been inundated with eevee that's a perfect answer oh my goodness i left for a couple weeks and look at look at me go he loves it yeah you need to breathe man I, that was the longest sentence i think you've said in the history of this podcast i could hear your oxygen running out when you were like most of the way through it yeah that was meant to be a thought experiment but i do even with my limited knowledge i do feel that eevee is probably the perfect answer and we're not going to think of anything better and and it goes even better with eevee also not wanting to evolve because then it now has to pigeonhole itself into a type when it could be anything or it can be one thing in a world that you can be anything be anything not one thing there's a there's a lesson there Oh, oh, can you imagine? That is such a good answer. I'm so excited about that answer. Thank you. Can you imagine if Pokemon was like, all right, Pikachu's out. We're introducing a new character to replace Pikachu. And it was like, what's the exploding ball guy? It's, is oh it Electrode? What? Yeah. So wouldn't that be hilarious? Now, I have a, I have one more alternative answer. Pomo? Pommy? 
whatever the first evolved form is that's for Scarlet and Violet? No. The other alternative answer to be the new face of this region would have to be a regional, which I, I kind of get with where you're going with that one. But I like the premise of Eevee where it can be anything and, and that and things like that. And there's a lot of fan chatter of Charcadet. So Charcadet has two alternative evolved forms where it, they're different types. And there's a lot of fan alternate dual types that it can be. And I think that is this that is that Pokemon has the potential to be this generation's Eevee. I think Eevee is a better answer because that actually is set and established. But that's another one I think Charcadet could do as the cute little lovable thing that doesn't evolve in this generation. But anyway, this is all speculation. Hold so on. I, I do have to one this is a side shoot. Illegal, were you in the Pokemon ecosystem or even like aware I was, of Suicune I was, back in the day when there was like gold and silver. I don't know what you just said. Okay, so no, never mind. All I'll say is that they introduced like a Suicune alternate that's just an abomination. That's all I have it's to say. It's called a paradox form. Abomination. I was a part... I was a part of the Pokemon ecosystem to the extent that I needed to be to be a part of the community during like the 90s when I was like in elementary school. There was a certain extent to which you had to be, right? You had to like have some cards and trade some cards and like you had to know what the Pokemon were. But that was pretty much the water's edge for me. I have a feeling you don't even know what a Blastoise is these days. I know what a Blastoise is. The original 151, I'm decently conversant. Because where does one the 151 ends with is Mewtwo the last one? Well, Mewtwo is 150. 151 would be Mew. 151 would be Mew. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. I saw the movies, you know. But I, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much out after that. So Liko and Roy, no more Ash Ketchum. Based on the you know again the 30 seconds of this, it's hard to so describe where this is going. I can imagine. So the story sort of focused on Ash and Ash only with there being sidebars of like, what's Team Rocket up to? But it really was just like them meddling in Ash. What's sort of interesting about what this one looks like it's sort of starting to form into is it looks like there's going to be two concurrent stories, one with the female protagonist, one with the male protagonist, and they're going to go on their individualistic journeys. And I think that's kind of neat that they're not just going to pigeonhole them together into this group, um, that they each have their own adventure, one surrounded by this mysterious Pokeball, the other one surrounded by this mysterious charm. And it gives, you know, representation for little boys, little girls. And so I thought that was kind of neat. The one thing that I was a little, like I said, miffed by was was this, this, this Captain Pikachu grab. I think... <laughs> It really pumps me out. Well, I also, also, there's a professor that might be like traveling with them, which also seems weird to me. Yeah, like they're kids. Back off. I also wonder if like they're going to do like good versus evil where these two kids become rivals. I think that would be neat. Like I really hope the... That'd be super cool. Yeah. I think I, there's... So there's a lot of speculation, a lot of potential for this, but I, I really hope that the girl is this this symbol of good and the and the boy is the symbol of like, I have to own the legendaries because he, he he had in his blurb he had said i want to catch the legendaries so instead of you know letting them be free he's more of a pokemon hoarder and she's more of a a, a pokemon live amongst them kind of spirit it, and that's the vibe that i got so again i think it's kind of neat that they're doing these concurrent path of two different characters instead of just focus on this one group and wherever they intersect i think is going to make for some hopefully fun rivalries do you see ash making any sort of bit part reappearance i hope he's the dad 
of the girl. I don't know if they'll do that because, like, <laughs> that'd be quite the time jump. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Th- I think that I think the time jump is basically concurrent to the other stuff that happened. But I think what they might do is like because I don't remember. Did he go into the the Scarlet Violet region? Was that Uva? I don't know what the region I is it was, called. I thought it was. Is it Paldea? Oh yes, yeah. it is. Thank you. I thought he was yeah. heading there. I thought he was heading there next. So I think he's going to intersect them. Like I, I feel like he'll show up as like a one episode cameo sort of thing. Like I'm the Pokemon master. I'm here to help. Well, the best thing that they could do is like when when one of them starts their journey on the TV in the background, they're like the news is covering, and this is the Pokemon champion of this region, and like, and if you look closely, you could see like Ash's stupid face because he had a stupid face in that one. I I want for Tectic's benefit so that he doesn't have you know an ulcer from watching this. I want like episode one, you know, they're doing Pokemon stuff, and then Ash shows up and is like, "Oh, Pikachu, there you are." Also, what's with that stupid hat? Come on, let's go. And then he just leaves. That would be amazing. And then there's no more, no more Captain Pikachu, because I'm like, I'm worried about Tectic's health. I just this. I don't like gimmicky grabs. I think the Pokemon. The Pokemon franchise is so cherished and loved. They don't need to do gimmicky bullshit. They can literally have it stand on its own and it'll it'll put asses in the seats, period. I want Pikachu to, in subsequent seasons, I want him to keep getting promoted so that ultimately he's like the general of like the armies in Japan. And like, he's, he's no the guy with his it. finger on the button. <laughs> yes, exactly. He just, maybe he just goes full dictator someday. Nuke. I don't really know. It is, it is interesting. Uh, who's to say where this will go from here this is coming I, I believe it's april 14th so very soon i believe it i don't know how the release schedule works so i believe it may be releasing first in japan so you'll have to like you know look into that i don't really know but be on the lookout for pokemon scarlet and violet so that'll be that'll be something let's stick in well actually no there's no more tv we're headed into, we're headed to movie town all board the movie bus let's talk about the lord of the rings because this is much more in my in my wheelhouse, as has been discussed on the show. I'm a big fan of the movies. Well, I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings movies. I actually haven't seen all the Hobbit movies, but I have watched all of the Rings of Power. The Lord of the Rings is pretty valuable IP now. And Warner Brothers and New Line have struck a multi-year deal to make more adaptations of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Now, this is interesting timing, I think, because the Rings of Power has essentially shown that there is more that you can do with J.R.R. Tolkien's material. Now, Tolkien is kind or Tolkien's estate, I should say, because he's he's long past. They could be kind of stingy with the IP. And I also think kind of the meat of this topic for me is I think the, the IP is actually a little bit limiting. I don't know the extent to which you can just, you know, plow into new ground. I'm worried that they're going to right away go back and remake the Lord of the Rings movies. And I have issues with that. I, I I think the Lord of the Rings should never be remade. I think they got it perfectly right the first time and they should just not do it anymore. That's probably unreasonable as an expectation because well, the next topic that we'll talk about is a 20-year-old thing being remade. And things are, as we know, being remade constantly all the time. I'm trying to think, like, what is a series, a movie series... That was a pinnacle of culture like Lord of the Rings that still is a pinnacle of culture that has been remade. And I know you can say that there were more Star Wars movies, but those aren't remakes. That was just like weird continuations. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the one that jumps to mind immediately is Harry Potter. Harry Potter is still a big deal. I mean, it was obviously a huge deal when those movies were coming out. But it hasn't been remade yet. It hasn't been remade yet. But I do think that somewhere down the line that may happen. 
But I'm, I'm trying to feel out, is this like the first of its kind if they were to do a full reboot of such a big cultural touchstone? I think it might be. It may be. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any immediate examples. Jurassic, well, no, Jurassic Park doesn't count either. Yeah, that was like a continuation. But it feels so much like, it's, it's just weird because there's a lot of gray area. Jurassic World or whatever the first one was with Chris Pratt, it felt so much like a remake, but it wasn't. Like they were on the same island. They were doing basically the same thing. It was a theme park that got messed Our up. Are new books not being made anymore where Hollywood can't find new inspiration? <laughs> I feel like I've probably gone down this rabbit hole before, but there are a ton of new fantasy series that just aren't getting the movie adaptation treatment. I have a theory about that, actually. You know where they are getting treatments? TV. TV and streaming services that Game give of them Thrones. One, one season to survive. Game and of Thrones die. killed it. It's possible. I don't know if I want to blame Game of Thrones for that. I, I think there's many other aspects of this, the current streaming ecosystem that are the cause. Netflix, very publicly right now, just to, as one example, they're very publicly not giving shows a chance. They're canceling things very abruptly, and it, I don't understand why they're doing it. The that algorithm. I don't understand how it's working that way. HBO Max is doing something very similar where they're just pulling things off. It feels like if you're not on Amazon... You're not going to get a second season guaranteed. I don't know where Hulu lives in all of this. And also, I would argue that Disney Plus is pretty stable, but Disney Plus is also that stable because of the IP that they're working with, I think. Although maybe Apple put out the foundation. Did that get renewed? I don't know. I think so. And yeah, Apple TV, I think, is a a relatively safe harbor. Apple TV Plus, I should say, is a safe harbor for, for shows like this. But yeah, movies. I mean, when was the last fantasy epic movie that that really worked? It's been a minute. So the idea here might be to fill a perceived gap in, you know, what what people are looking to go watch at the movie theater. That's fair. I feel like the sci-fi genre has been overtaken by the MCU in terms of like your three movie trilogies. Tried after everything Potter. You know, there was Fantastic Beast, which no one really cared about. There was... Well, hey, hold on though, because the Fantastic Beasts movies, which I've never seen a single one of them, but I believe that there have been three because they make a lot of money. So someone's seeing, I, like, yes, I, well, I, I see the thing is, I think like overseas markets are very important for movies like that. Like, I believe the Fantastic Beast movies do super well overseas. So to us, they don't seem like much of anything, but someone's definitely watching them because they keep making them. Yeah, that's, that's the true, that's true to Compass North in movie making is if there's a movie coming out, that's a sequel of something. It means that it's profitable because that's all studios tend to care about. So I don't know, you know, again, going back to the question of how does the Lord of the Rings IP get used other than to make a remake? Like, there are other works in the what I'll call the Tolkienverse, which he'd probably be rolling in his grave if you heard me calling it that. But like, a lot of his work, and even, you know, when you consider the adaptation of the Lord of the Rings books, when you consider how long those books are and how dry it can occasionally be, the fact that the first adaptation of the movies went so well is it makes it all that much more of an achievement is in the sense that it's so dry they had to cut so much out they had to rework a lot of things people who watch the movies haven't read the books might not know that that there's a lot that's different there's a lot that's cut down there's a lot that's made more interesting so like if you take some other piece of his work like the silmarillion which i've never read but i've been told essentially reads like a genealogy chart i don't know how you make a movie out of that even The Hobbit, look what they did with that. They, they took a very short book and they stretched it into three three-hour-long movies. And that in and of itself was a bit of an achievement. And there was a lot of creative license taken there. But what do you do is, is kind of my question. Do you find some period in time, much like Rings of Power did, where there is a gap between things and you try to fill in that gap? 
and just completely make stuff up as you go. I would that want maybe to the see answer. the aftermath. Like what happens after the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yeah, I I, I think there's room for that. I think I, I think at that point you get into fully. Un- I don't know if he wrote anything about that. So I think at that point you get into fully uncharted waters. And as far as what his estate will be willing to let other writers do with that is a question I don't know the answer to. You know, Aragorn is king. Legolas and Gimli go to the glittering caves in Fangorn Forest, I believe. So, like, you know where certain characters go. You know that Frodo, this is all spoilers, but, like, if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings at this point, what are you doing? Uh, he goes to the Undying Lands. Sam is back in Hobbiton. Like, there's, it's well established where the characters are. What happens next that's interesting, I don't know. Because the perceived, the idea is, okay, they vanquished evil. Everyone's good now. I mean, you can obviously conjure a situation which it's not that simple but what is that situation it's you're pure you're writing it you're creating it out of thin air so I, i'd be interested in watching a movie like that definitely i think i'd be more interested in that than a remake of the first three because i i think another important aspect here is things that have been remade i don't have any immediate examples but like it would make sense to remake the lord of the rings and i'd be much more on board if like technology film technology and special effects and cgi Yes, it has improved since those three movies came out, but not enough for me to say, yes, it's justified to redo it so I can see it better. I think they may have peaked legitimately <laughs> with, with these three movies. I mean, Return of the King in particular, one, they've like tied the, broke the record for the most Academy Awards ever. So in a sense, have nowhere to go but down if you touch that particular story again. I don't know. I don't know. It makes the Rings of Power that much more of a weird thing for me because I went into it as I'm sure I talked about on the show, I went into the Rings of Power expecting to be disappointed, and I I wasn't. That is a huge accomplishment. Again, because you really have nowhere to go but down from the movies. So what another movie would be, I don't know. But I'm interested. And, you know, clearly, as we've discussed, there isn't going to be any new IP anymore. It's just going to be remaking stuff, rehashing stuff, squeezing every last drop of interestingness out of some existing piece of IP. I don't know. Take from that what you will. But we're going to talk about something very similar right after the break. <laughs> Another IP that has been reawakened and was originally based on not that much IP to begin with. So more to come on that. Before we get to that topic, though, we're going to take a short break. And before we take our short break, it is that time. The same time every episode in which I shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, uh, you're the man. I, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything more to add at this point. You're an amazing knight. Your armor looks cool. We don't even have armor. We give him all the armor because he is a Patreon producer. He gets the shout out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment. Incidentally, Tactic is hosting this week because neither Nerdbomber or myself won the last quiz because Steven won it. And Steven did that when he was on the show in the occasional guest spot that he's also afforded as a night level subscriber on Wasn't our Patreon. a great MC. Yeah. The best. Yeah, you're, yeah, yes. We can go with that as well. Steven also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog as part of his night subscribership. There's also a squire level of subscribership, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there is a page level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment. Any of the details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven for continuing to support the show, get back to the show, and do what he does for us. We'll take a short break now, come back to talk about The Haunted Mansion. (laughs) 
I'm Ryan Fonzie. This is Cameron Hagee. My name is Tony Giggles. And we're three dudes who love The Legend of Zelda and love talking about The Legend of Zelda. And if you are a Zelda fan as much as we are, then come on down and listen to your heart's content. We have a podcast that we'd like to share with you. It's called A for No, B for Yes. We cover The Legend of Zelda series, different games chapter by chapter, and we have all kinds of theories about what we see and what we've experienced in the game. Do you go through Wikipedia and look up stuff based on the things you see in the game to create theories to how it could link to other things in the world that we actually live in and not the Zelda one that was the one that was created by the people that are in the world that we actually live in right now? Because if you don't, then you should watch this because we do. Did you guys get all that? If not, oh, you didn't. Okay. So we are A for no people. I'll stop. Okay. In 2003, first of all, think back to 2003. You were younger than you are now. I was presumably. there. Yeah, I was also there. There was a movie that came out starring Eddie Murphy called Haunted Mansion, based, of course, on the Disney World theme park attraction and uh i think i did see this movie i will say i don't remember it at all i remember we had a gamecube game that was like a tie-in for it that was pretty decent i don't remember the movie at all i probably did see it but i don't i, guess, I don't forgot remember. about the video game i had that on the ps2 Ooh. pretty good video game from what i recall but we're not, we're not talking about the video game here we're talking about the 20 years later remake of this movie that they're making now when i say remake i guess what i really mean is they are taking the theme park ride that originally inspired the 2003 movie, and they are again going to make a movie based upon that attraction. Think Pirates of the Caribbean and probably a few other amusement park rides that have created entire movies, which is a whole other topic. Now, I will say, Haunted Mansion, one of my favorite... Have you guys been to Disney World and have you ridden Haunted Mansion? I have and I have. Yes. For my money, I think it might be my favorite Disney World ride. Pirates of the Caribbean is right up really? there. But Haunted Mansion, I love Haunted Mansion. I mean, it's a good ride. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really well done. The set pieces are really, really yeah. great. But but it's no test track. Yeah. I'm not a thrill guy. I mean, usually That's, I'm I, not I, either, but test track is dope. That's like the, Haunted the Mansion, extent of her roller coaster. Yeah. Let me, let me paint a picture for people who have not been on Haunted Mansion. You get into, well, I believe Haunted Mansion is the ride where you go into the like, the line, kind of the line to get into the ride, which first of all, if you've been to Disney World, the best thing about Disney World, in my opinion, I is, swear, is the line. If you say the, if line, you say the lines, oh. The line, the line is the ride. The line is the ride. Half the time when you're in line, you're like, these days, that's all you're waiting for. <laughs> so you're in line and the line kind of it goes into like a mansion looking room and you like you get into this room and when a certain number of you get into this one room at the end of the line they like close the door and you're like wait when, where are we going now there's only a door in this room no the floor there's like pictures on the wall and then the floor starts going down you're, it's an elevator to take you down to get on the ride and as you're going down in the elevator and you see this in the trailer we're talking about the trailer for the 2023 movie you see this very briefly in the trailer as the elevator's going down the paintings on the walls get longer and show things that weren't there so like you'll see an old-fashioned painting of a lady who's just kind of like sitting wearing a dress and then the elevator goes down and reveals more of the painting and it turns out her legs are like just bones it's like stuff like that you get to the ride the ride you get into like a little cocoa bean shaped thing and you're, it's kind of just like a bumper car going through a dark room, which doesn't make it sound very good. But as he mentioned, the special effects, the set pieces are amazing. At one point, they like show you, I don't know how they do this. I'm like a relatively educated person. I have no idea how they do this. You're like in the car and it's like usually you and one other person 
and they make you they face you towards a mirror and they somehow put a goat they make it look like a ghost is sitting right between the two people in the car so it's like a ghost has been with you the whole time it's like towards the end of the ride it's freaking cool i love haunted mansion i just wanted to gush about haunted mansion for a second they're making this movie the movie looks very i don't want to say tropey because that sounds bad i I think think it looks looks less very good than the original one well i think the original one had a lot of designs on being funny and not that this one doesn't but this one definitely has more of a creepy vibe yeah yes eddie murphy centric is a very good way to put it the first one was like this is an eddie murphy vehicle which i don't understand why that was why that decision was made this one is much more yeah it's going for a creepy vibe it's going for there are legitimately scary things in here and yes owen wilson is in it and he is typically a funny man danny devito also in it. i mean there's a lot of famous people in this movie could go on and on but it looks i it's gonna make it sound bad but i think it looks classically entertaining i think there's not even anything particularly notable i want to point out in the trailer but i think the trailer did a good job making me want to see it it looks like an old-fashioned fun movie experience the question i guess for me is do you think it needed to be remade while the Eddie Murphy movie was definitely more comedic than I think the ride is intended to be, it was still a pretty good movie. I didn't think so. I thought it was like... It was fine. Had we not covered this topic today, I probably would have never remembered it was a thing. And those are the movies, and that that's why it's kind of, this kind of ties into the previous topic, but those are the movies that should get remakes. There's so many, there's so many movies that were just fantastic premise, fantastic plot, just, just poor execution that those should be the things that Hollywood's looking at. And this, in my opinion, was ripe for the picking. I, I think I agree. So I, I did just look up the first movie was profitable. Uh, it grossed 182 million against a 90 million dollar budget, which I believe in Hollywood terms does mean profitable. The critic, the critics kind of panned it, which again, remembering what little I remember about the movie, kind of makes sense. I actually, for once, I yeah, I, I do think I'm on board with this reboot. I know that it's a theoretically stale IP, but I also think that the haunted house trope is a good trope. I think you can, I think you can use it and reuse it, and it, it remains compelling. That's one of the reasons it's a trope. So for me, I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to to take up. And it's a great way, you know, I, I think we're moving towards a place. And when you think about the MCU, when you think about movies like Knives Out and Glass Onion, I think we're moving towards a lot of movies where big ensemble casts are like a big deal now. And they make for tentpole summer blockbuster like movies where people will go because there's so many bankable people in this movie. And I think that's, I think that's smart. I think it can be interesting. I think you're not putting an entire movie on the shoulders of someone like Eddie Murphy, who, by the way, I like Eddie Murphy, but I don't know if that was right for him. This, yeah, you totally. have so many people working together. Right, exactly. I think with this, you have so many people working together. No one is shouldering too much of a heavy burden. You know, I, I just, I think it has a much higher chance of, of working. And I think, I also think 20 years is like a pretty reasonable gestation period for something like this. You know, it wasn't like the Spider-Man where they like finished the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and they're like, hey, you know what? Andrew Garfield's coming in two years. So don't get too comfortable. Yeah, I generally think I'm uh, on on board with this. I also like Owen Wilson a lot, especially since Loki. Wow, wow. So hey, wow. I uh, I want a little more a little more of that. So Over generally under. on board. How many times will he say wow? He has to do it once. I think I think it's going to be once. It's exclusively once. It's, no, it's it's at least five. five. I think you bust. I'm setting the over under at five. I'll bet you a chocolate bar. Prices right rules. Up. Well, no, over under rules. <laughs> You know how over under works? Do you want the over or the under? Do you want the under? Under five. I'm going to say it's over five. So let's do our little virtual handshake. Yeah, write this down. That's it. That's a bet. 
We're going to have to go see this online warriors outing to see haunted mansion. I do plan on seeing this. And also Danny DeVito. I already mentioned him. Amazing. You got Rosario Dawson. You got Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish. It says Dan. I think they mean Dan Levy, who I also like a lot. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto, you name it. Lots lots of famous people in this movie. July 28th is when this is coming out. Oh, that's perfect. Drive-in movie theater too. This okay, you know, and this is to Look me. It. We're doing it. The epitome of a drive-in movie. This is the most drive-in movie ever because you don't need to pay too much attention. I wouldn't imagine, which is kind of to me the classic earmark of a good drive-in movie. So book it, Haunted Mansion, July twenty-eighth. Go to the drive-in if you have one near you. It'll be a good time. I think we have a little bit more time than usual for our what are you up to? But that's that's good this week because I think I. I personally have a jam-packed what are you up to i'm gonna give nerd the floor to start because she missed last week but uh, yeah that's just a teaser for mine i have a lot to update people on so nerd take it away i obviously had a good like two weeks of nothingness which was so fun but i talked about this on our patreon vlog a little bit and i tweeted a little bit i started watching outer banks I don't want to get into it, but I do feel like I wasted my time when I could have been watching stuff like uh, Emily in Paris, which I didn't start until like probably three days ago. So I'm only through the first season. And if you watch any Darren Star show, whether it's Sex and the City or Younger, you know what you're getting, basically, which is a very easily digestible 20 to 30 minute episode about a woman who's in some sort of like work environment usually with coworkers that don't necessarily like her, so she has to endear herself to them. And that's exactly what you get with Emily in Paris. She basically moves to Paris to work at a marketing firm, and they're just like, why is this American here? And isn't it, isn't it Emily in Paris? I thought it was Emily in Paris because it's like rhymes. Am I an idiot? I, I mean, maybe. I don't think they ever say it out loud. But uh, anyways, continue. But yeah, I mean, it's exactly what I was hoping for. Like Outer Banks was getting to a point where I don't know if my brain just wasn't working right or if the show was genuinely just getting stupid. But I was just getting very frustrated because the heart of that show is like a treasure hunt. And I don't know if I just like the characters were just pissing me off at a certain point. So I was just like, I can't with this. So I started watching Emily in Paris and exactly the vibe that I was going for. I also. Yeah dabbled a little bit back into disney dreamlight valley i tried playing halo so i didn't have a console with me and i didn't want to take the switch away from tactic because if you aren't aware i was basically just trying to stay away from him because he did not get sick i was the only one who got sick so i was like i'm gonna stay in my little hidey hole hopefully not contaminate you and i think i succeeded but I did not have a console. And so I tried, I did have my Chromebook and I tried the Xbox cloud gaming experience. And I was playing Halo online for a little bit, but the first day worked pretty well. But the second day, the lag was just crazy. So I ended up getting back into Disney Dreamlight Valley because again, like very low impact, something that I can like put down when I'm back in the real world, which I am now, and not really worry about and not feel like, oh, I have this unfinished story I need to follow through with. Like, I don't know. I was just having a good time. I got Mirabelle from Encanto to come to my valley, which is great. They added some new like features and stuff in there. And I think generally the game is in a better place than when I played it. Even like, I think it came out like three months ago or whatever it was. Definitely feels like a better place than it was when I first started playing. Just some like quality of life enhancements that I can't really put my finger on, but it just like felt better. So I was having a good time. I'll probably... When I'm done playing Pokemon, I'll probably go back and finish that. And then I did roll credits on Pokemon Violet. We have Violet, right? Say what you said. 
it was the best story and probably the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game in a long time. Yes. And uh, definitely a lot of like visual glitches and stuff, but overall probably the best writing that I've seen out of a Pokemon game in a really long time. And honestly, it was just fun. I really like the open worldness. I really like that you can see the Pokemon that you're approaching and that you're not just wandering through tall grass, not knowing what you're going to get. I liked having more than one path where it's not just about getting all the gym badges, that there's other stuff going on and other characters. So there's some like post-credit stuff that I want to get through. And then there's like DLC coming out. But overall, really enjoyed it. So yeah. Did you see my favorite Pokemon character, Jim Battles? I did not. No. He's not. I kept hoping he would show up. But yeah. For the next one. Didn't seem Pam either. So no Pam, no Jim. Maybe uh, maybe next time. Cool. I'm going to go next again because I, I got a beefy, beefy update. I started reading a new book called The Word is Murder, which I want to shout out because it's, a, it's Anthony Horowitz is the writer. You may know Anthony Horowitz as I did from the Alex Ryder series, which I read a lot when I was a kid about like a teenage British spy. I, teenage me ate it up. But now he's doing traditional kind of murder mysteries and this one is, I guess, less traditional and actually super interesting because it's a bit meta in the sense that he is one of the main characters. He writes himself, Anthony Horowitz, into the story. So it's it makes it a very fresh take on, you know, a typical mystery novel. And it, it's it's very, very intriguing so far. I'm about halfway through it and it's part of a poor book series. So I may have made myself a bit of a summer reading commitment, which is always good. The other thing I want to shout out in particular. Now, my wife and I have recently been pretty into watching Law & Order SVU which is not particularly interesting or new, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's very tropey, you know, one hour crime procedural, uh, a lot of like early 2000s, late 90s flair to it, given the, the time period that we're watching, the, the seasons we're watching. And we recently, uh, it was kind of happenstance, we were at someone's house and we saw that they on the TV in the background were watching ER, which I've never seen. But we were we were there to visit with them and I was supposed to be part of this conversation. Here, You're supposed to be part of the conversation, but there's a TV that's like low volume or mute nearby that you just can't stop watching because that's exactly the situation that I found myself in. And we're watching ER now. Now, for those that don't know, ER was on 15 seasons. It was a huge success. It was like George Clooney's big break, I think. It's about an emergency room in Chicago. Won a bunch of Emmys. Super successful. Very 90s. The theme song is like the most 90s thing I've ever heard. It's delightful. This show is incredible. We're like five or six episodes into the first season, and I cannot recommend it enough. If you're a fan of nostalgic things, but also like good TV, it's uh, I recommend it. I don't know. Did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? And if so, how similar is it? I have never watched Grey's Anatomy. I'm told that it's different. in So Grey's Anatomy is Shonda Rhimes, if I remember correctly. So it's like, it's very like romance. There's like mixed steamy and McDreamy. It's very romance heavy, like almost soapy. This is like, it has elements of that. Like there's obviously the main characters are the people who work in the hospital and like you become attached to them and their personal stories and what they do outside the hospital, who they're in love with, all that stuff. But interspersed in that is like, like they'll be like sitting around talking about like, oh, I think I'm falling for this girl. And they're like, yeah, man. And then like interrupting a conversation is they're like, they bring up, they're like, this baby is, can't breathe. It's in cardiac arrest. And you're like, oh my God. So it just like it just like makes for a very interesting TV watching because there's a lot of interpersonal drama, but it's surrounded by constantly very intense life saving situations. I feel like that's actually quite similar to Grey's Anatomy more Me, than you would think. Again, I I haven't watched Grey, Grey's Anatomy. For all I know, this is a precursor to Grey's Anatomy, but 
I'm really, really enjoying it. So I would recommend it, if, especially if you're into shows like Grey's Anatomy or even like Scrubs, which I'm a huge Scrubs fan. Uh, obviously, Scrubs has a lot lighter of a tone than this, but you get the idea. Emergency room stuff, basically. The last thing I want to shout out is I'm playing Game Boy Advance. I am playing WarioWare. I'm going on a trip this week for, for work. So I wanted to have something on the plane that I could play that was very small in the Game Boy Advance. I dusted that thing off and it works like a charm. So shout out to Retro Gaming. Also Guitar Hero I played the other night and it's amazing. It holds up. So yeah, in an effort to try and keep it brief or briefer than it than it could have been, I'm going to turn things over to Tactic. Tactic, what are you up to? Okay, so your your last one got me the most excited. So if you guys have been listening to our podcast over the past many weeks, I first said, I'm going to make my own custom handheld console. And then in another episode, I said, I was dusting off my old Game Boy Advance games and I played some Metroid Fusion. Well, I'm going to combine those two, guys. I really wanted to make, I want to now take my Game Boy Advanced and make a custom one, but I didn't want to destroy my old custom one. So through the niceness of a coworker of mine, shout out to my coworker, they gave me an old Game Boy Advance that apparently was, and I quote, must have been from a coastal city because this thing was rusty, but hey, the motherboard works great. So I'm going to take that motherboard and I'm going to make a complete custom modded Game Boy Advance that I'm really excited for. I'm going to put a backlit screen in there. And then there's some other HDMI mods that I've been investigating so that I can make it basically completely dockable and wireless like the Switch. But the ones that currently exist, you basically have the HDMI coming out of the top and then the controller USB-C dock on the bottom, and then it doesn't also charge your battery. So there's some electrical work that I want to investigate to see if I can make a more custom solution. But as it stands now, I've just, I'm just going to focus on the IPC backlit screen. And while I figure out the circuitry for the exact solution that I want it to make in an elegant switch docking, I'm going to be doing some research there. So that's really exciting. And then in addition to the Game Boy Advanced, I also bought something that's called the Easy Flash, which I've always wanted to play a lot of like fan-made ROMs and the fan-made Pokemon games, but I can't play them on the Game Boy and I didn't want to put them on my computer. So what the Easy Flash allows you to do is it allows you to put all of these fan-made ROMs onto a game cartridge and play them on your handheld Game Boy Advance. So that's like a whole nother sidebar of this adventure. I'm really excited about it because the Game Boy Advanced is ergonomically the best handheld system, period, period, period. The only thing that gave the SP any kind of leg to stand on was the backlit and the recharging, but with two simple mods, I'm there. So very excited. All right, well, uh, keep us updated. I I need to interject real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Did you know that Michael Crichton wrote ER? I sure did. I should have mentioned that. I did not yeah. know that. Crazy. He, he's actually, he's a doctor, I believe. So that may be part of why he wrote it. Shout out to Michael Crichton. He's the Jurassic Park guy. Also, I think the Westworld guy and apparently the ER guy. Tactic, I'm, I'm as I can't remember if I mentioned, I'm playing an SP right now. And I think it's ergonomically sufficient. Yeah, well, that's, you're, <laughs> that's all I have to add. Ergonomically sufficient is it is fine, but it's not ergonomically the best. It's just not as comfortable. And then one of the other upgrades some, some that I'm doing on side. mine, my controller, my uh, my Game Boy Advance also, is I'm swapping the buttons out to be the tactile buttons because on both the SP and the Game Boy Advance, they're just kind of the the bumpers are just kind of like weak pushdowns. Just to get that satisfying click in there, whew, I'm so excited. I look forward to uh, maybe at some point in my life taking this thing for a spin. Happy, uh, happy, happy modding, my friend. Thank you. you have a quiz for us, and I think it's it's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, coincidentally, the topic is Game Boy Advanced. 
Well, before you dive in, let me go through the rankings because it's been a while. Last week, we obviously skipped the quiz. Uh, Technic is atop the the pile at three and two. Nerd Bomber at two and three, and I'm at two and four. Uh, Steven, one and zero. So Steven really is the one atop the pile here. I'm looking to reestablish relevance in the quiz world, so I have high hopes for today. Okay. So without further ado, let's roll right into it with the first question, and that is, when was the Game Boy Advance released in Japan? And I'm guessing Nerd Bomber will go first because her record is better. 2003. That was going to be my guess, no joke. So I'm going to go ahead and do the old uh, Jesus times. Zero. So Illegal takes this one. This was actually, this actually came out in Japan. It came out significantly before America. This came out in 10,000 BCE. No, I'm yep. just kidding. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so it was released in Japan on March 21st, 2001, and in North America on June 11th, 2001. So, so it's a couple years off. Jesus, yep, you were close though. But Jesus times closer, Yeah, closer than Jesus times, but you know, bust rules, price is right. You, you guys get it. You've listened to the show before, hopefully. So the Game Boy Advance had three products in its family. The Game Boy Advanced, the Game Boy Advance SP, and the Game Boy Micro. How many units were sold of the Game Boy Micro? I'm just now remembering that this existed. I do remember it existing, but it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that. How many copies were sold? There's, I mean, there's some diehards out there who bought it. I'm going to say 25,000. Is this globally? Yes. I'm going to go 100,000 because I feel like probably big in Japan. So Nerd Bomber gets this one. 2.42 million units. No way. Oh, that had to be all Japan. My bonus question is how many of the Game Boy Advanced were sold. So just wait till you hear, hear those numbers. But I digress. So how much memory does the Game Boy Advance have? And how much internal memory does the Game Boy Advance have? I feel like not a lot because it saved all of your stuff to the cartridge. Because then if your battery ran out on the cartridge, you were screwed. And I've learned this firsthand. I'm going to say something like 128 kilobytes. Oh, man. Um, it's got to be more than that, but I don't want to be a dummy. So I'm going to say 129 kilobytes. All right. So you don't know how kilobytes work if you do 129, first and foremost. Uh, well, I know, but it's, it's plus one rules. <laughs> so it has 32 kilobytes of internal memory and then 96 kilobytes of virtual RAM, totaling for 128 kilobytes. Look at me go. Wow. At, That's crap. Look at her go. That's crap. So That's devastating for me. I personally, I, plus one. I personally hate that these games are lumped together in units sold. So anytime there's a red and blue, gold, gold and silver, that is lumped together as one game in sales. And I hate that they do that because it kind of feels like cheating, but it is what it is. So Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire was the highest selling Game Boy Advance game. How many units were sold? Well, you're obviously taking me so far out of my wheelhouse here. A lot. 54 million. Uh, 5 million. Nerd Bomber takes this one as well. The answer was 16,220,000. Oh, come on, people like Pokemon. Right? What you... Yeah, on, they Pokemon just seem fans. like a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Like, especially since <laughs> well, we just I... knew how much the uh, Game Boy Mini Here's the thing. sold. Here's the thing. I was I wanted to go on the high side because I figured you were going to try and use your plus one. So worst comes to worst, we both bust. Uh, you didn't take the bait, so credit to you. So it's um, it's impossible for you to win now, but we're going to finish it out. Sure but, is shooting. Well, before I finish it out, I'm just going to let you guys know, 81.51 million Game Boy Advance were sold. And that's all of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire that's sold? Weird. Yeah. yeah. I, people, there are a lot of people like me out there who didn't play it. 
Well, I mean, I didn't buy Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advanced. I didn't play it until Omega Ruby. That's wild to me, but duly noted, I guess. So, you're going to like this one. How many different types of accessories were there for the Game Boy Advanced family? It's me, right? I go and first. just to be clear, this is the... It is you, like, yeah. Lights. Yeah, I got that. Okay. I'm going to run through what I personally had. I had a three-game switcher. I had the magnifying glass. I had the light, then upgraded to the magnifying glass light. There was like an extra battery pack. There was obviously like an additional like AC thing. There was a grip that didn't have the three-game switcher in it. And then I'm just going to throw another, I don't know, five on there. So I'm going to say 12. Three? Okay. What do you mean by three-game switcher? First oh, of all? this thing was amazing. So this was actually for the Game Boy Advance SP, but you would slide it in, right? And it would click onto the back of your, like the bottom half of the shell. And then you could put three cartridges in it. And then based on what, there was a slider. So then based on where you position the slider, oh, it would it. pick so one could- of those three games. That's pretty cool. It's more than 12. It's 20 at least. The three-game switcher was not in my list, so that's amazing to me. But I have 23, so I guess it's moot point. So So you hand-counted these. Yeah, Illegal takes this one. But there were things... I mean, it was wild. There was a mobile GPS for some games. There was... Oh, there was a camera, wasn't there? There was a camera. There was... That was for the old Game Boy Color. There was a TV tuner. Like, you could watch TV on your Game Boy. There was a... Uh, it was called Playan. It was a game cartridge that that turned it into a MP3 player. Like holy crap, people were going nuts with like yeah. with like the different accessories for this. It was just what a time to be alive. So yeah, you're right. And now you're taking it to the next level with 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 modding. So you know, old habits die hard, I guess. Well, I I saved some face. I got two right, but uh, Nerd Bomber takes it home. She moves to three and three on the record. I move to two and five. Tactic still at three and two. So. Nerd Bomber will host next week, and I will desperately try to not have to watch Book of Boba Fett in 2024. Because, by the way, I did finish Book of Boba Fett. That was not part of my update, but I did finish it. And wow, it was bad. Except for the parts that the Mandalorian was in, which were awesome. We're going to hit the bricks, but we thank you all for listening. We would appreciate you going over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Hit us up on Twitter. I actually haven't mentioned our handles aside from my own. We have at Online Warriors One, at OW Legal Eighty Six is mine, at OW Tactic, and at OW Nerd Bomber are the other hosts' accounts. So hit us up there. Let's have a conversation about any and all of the things that we talked about on this episode or any episode of the show that you want to talk with us about. Thank you guys all so much for listening, whether you just showed up or whether you're a continued listener. We invite you to stay safe and keep on podcasting.